Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan, and I'm working at... An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver-area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Hello, everybody. Chuck Bonneville, Julie Hayden, and we are The Chuck and Julie Grassroots show, too straight up. I got it. I got it. I got it. You're trying to throw me off, weren't you? Yes, you were. Change the title. You were waiting to try to get me off. But no, no, I had it down pat. There we go. If everyone doesn't know, Chuck is technically a genius. Mm -hmm. um, just uh, anyway. Hey, the, if any doubt about that. If there's any doubt about that, the um, show is brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture, and Chinese Medicine. We were going to have um, Representative Brandy Brandy. Bradley with us from the Colorado legislature. She had sponsored a bill that was going to essentially crack down on child rapists. Who would have a problem with that? Democrats do, as it turns out. But she isn't actually in committee voting on things. So she'll be with us on Friday. But I did still want to. She's one of part of the magnificent seven at the legislature. Those seven of all the Republicans, there aren't that, that many, but uh, yeah. who has, an, has a rating. Uh, a pass rating She's with the liberty a scorecard uh, yeah exactly her scott bottoms and so but what happened um just this week um the um the way and i think we're not fans necessarily of mandatory minimum sentences no. but the way the law currently works in colorado is if you are essentially the pimp of and you're trafficking a child for sex right um, there are mandatory sentencing. Um, and Brandy said, well, there's a kind of a significant loophole here. And that is, what if you are the purchaser? What if you're the person who's actually raping the child, right? Um, there are no minimum sentences for that. And that she had, they had a slew of hundreds of people, actually, including district attorneys, police officers, law enforcement people testifying that what happens typically in these cases is the guy who was actually doing the raping of the child, because keep in mind, it's a child, there can, there can be no consent by definition. Um, there, we're getting off for the most part, um, pled down to a misdemeanor and we're getting zero jail time, zero jail time at all. And one of the effects of all of this was people realized that Colorado is a safe state to come to, to have sex with a child, right? So this was, a, she said, that's just closed at sort of a loophole. Why not actually punish and put some teeth into the law that would punish the actual child rapist? Well, no, Democrats are like, that is being mean to pedophiles. They literally had people testify that that would hurt the LGBTQ community because then children would not be able to sell themselves for sex to get money. It's like, right? You know, and, and the problem with that is, right? So to make a long story short, the Democrats sided with the pedophiles openly. And we've been seeing this going on, right? University scholars, people like that are like, pedophiles, these are just people who, um, attracted. they're attracted. It's, attra you know, what is it? Yep, young people attracted to young people. I mean, to me, that's like saying a rapist is attracted to somebody who doesn't want to have sex with them. So, but, so then they're just misunderstood, right? I mean, that's an insane, that's an insane definition to try to say, hey, it's just a person who's attracted to young people. That's pedophilia, okay? And that's bad. And any culture, Culture that doesn't see that is, is clearly. I, I would like to see their definition of statutory rape. Well, if it's a child, by definition, if it's rape, a child, a six-year-old cannot give consent to have sex. And a seventeen-year-old. Um, if if it's a four-year difference. 
Well, if it's greater than three years. Old and a, as, and a 17 year old, it's statutory rape. That's pretty obscene. It, it is. But I don't think this bill was not aiming to address that. This bill was aiming to address, and I've done stories on this. I mean, where I won't get into it because it's too disturbing. We're talking infants, okay? We're talking babies. Sure. We're talking toddlers. So, We're talking two-year-olds. The trouble, the trouble is they expanded so far that the people you try to get to, you don't get. And the people who who really nobody would have a problem with, generally speaking. The Democrats, their whole thing was not that. They, yeah, were, they weren't right. talking about the uneven application of justice or anything like that. They were talking about pedophiles are simply misunderstood people. And therefore, we need to seek to understand them and accept them. And that is, I guarantee you guys, that is a slippery slope down which the Democrats want us to go to destroy culture, to destroy families, to destroy society, right? The same, though, legislature that's siding with pedophiles mm -hmm. and doesn't want to punish child rapists does not, don't you even think about having a gas-powered lawnmower on public property. The Colorado Air Quality Control Commission, all appointed by Democrats, approved by the legislature, right, um, appointed by Polis, approved by the legislature, this week issued a ban on all gas-powered lawnmowers starting it'll, in 2025. It'll, it'll save our planet. It'll save the planet on all public land. So any, so you can't, if it's a park, if it's like city park, um, the golf course, I mean, anything that's owned by a city or a municipality or the state or any kind of government agency in the front range starting in 2025 cannot use. Front range, limited to the front range? Yeah, limited to the front range. Well, the, on public property. So the state, if it's a state-owned park anywhere, uh -huh. right, then they still can't do it. But if it's a, the, the nine counties are prohibited from doing it. And they tried to pass, and it was voted down this time, that you can't, no one can buy a gas-powered lawnmower. So just keep that in mind, right? The same freaking Democrats who are okay with child rapists and side with pedophiles don't even think about mowing your lawn with a gas-powered lawnmower. I mean, that's where it is. And we have this great soundbite from Representative Scott Bottoms, who kind of talks about that. Um, so if we could please play the Scott Bottoms soundbite. We sat a committee all day discussing whether or not somebody that buys little children, these are two, three, four, five-year-old kids, they buy them for sex, that we tried to get a bill through, Representative Bradley sent one through, that was going to put these buyers in jail. Right now, most of the time, they get off on probation. Almost all the time, they get off on probation after buying a child and raping a little child. And we tried to say, well, they need to at least serve a minimum of four years. And then we sat and listened to the Democrats fight against this bill, fight against putting these people in jail, and came up with all kinds of reasons, including that these buyers are victims themselves. This is very discouraging, and it's also very disgusting for me that they would actually defend this. And then they voted completely along party lines. The Democrats voted 100% that they did not want to put these pedophiles in jail. They defended the pedophiles. This is why it's so difficult sometimes to do what we do around here. It's kind of, and one good thing too, you notice there was kind of music behind that. Um, the the um, House Republicans and the Senate Republicans are doing a good job, too. They're kind of putting out videos like that mm -hmm. on Twitter and social media. So we'll be talking more about that on Friday and some of the other. Again, it's just Outrageous. It, it, it's insanity to me. And it, it is a kind of thing you need to follow because the Democrats don't care. Right. They, they, they just don't care.
One of the other things, though, the, speaking of Democrats, this is my current theory about Nikki Haley. I think Nikki Haley is a Democrat operative. I think that that's, you well, know. So many, uh, Mitch McConnell is yeah. Democrat, uh, working all the time with Mitch McConnell. I mean, with uh, Schumer. I mean, it's there's so many of them that really think of the Democrats. They'd be a Democrat, but they're just not cool enough. Right. Um, well, and I think, it. you know, people talk about Nikki Haley and she yesterday, was it early Tuesday, made the announcement she's not getting out of the race, not getting out of the race. And so you got to ask yourself the question, why? And I think there are a lot of reasons for it. But I think... You know, people say, is there room? And, because, and feel free to comment or raise your hand. Or if you want to call in, I should say 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. Is there room for Nikki Haley in the Republican Party? Um, and, and I'd submit this, that Nikki Haley long ago left the Republican Party. The Republican, I don't think she ever was. Well, yeah. But but I mean, those people who pretend she's part of the uh, globalist elite um, American, right, you know, Americans for Prosperity. She does not have anything to do, nor does she want to have anything to do with the middle class or what's good for the middle class. Um, I mean, the party, she the party changed and they keep saying, well, it changed under Donald Trump. But I don't think it changed under Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump was the face of the change that was occurring, don't you think? Well, I, I think there's been a populist wing in the Republican Party, at least going back to Barry Goldwater in 1964. And it's, you know, Reagan was part of that, although, uh, you know, some of the things, he no longer looks co- quite as populist as he would, did one day. Um, and and that part of the of the party is, led the Tea Party, um, okay. led the, the uh, you know, 2016 election. Um, and that is the Republican Party. And the one that is just for, Tax cuts for the rich, endless money to military, always wanting to intervene in foreign wars. Um, yeah, that 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 doesn't really have a home anywhere. It's closer to the Democratic Party these days. It is closer to the Democratic Party these days. And it was interesting. So Trump did a town hall with Laura Ingram um, last night, and she asked him about Nikki Haley. Um, and he had an interesting answer. And then we're going to kind of get into that a little bit more. But if we could please play the Trump soundbite, Thomas working she's here she's down by 30 35 points and everybody knows her you're not supposed to lose your home state shouldn't happen anyway and she's losing it big big i mean really uh i said big lee and big lee <laughs> she's losing it bigly but we're gonna we're gonna really do a job i think that uh as you know when we went to iowa we got the biggest margin in the history of the caucus the biggest that's a long time why do you think we, she's staying in the race um I don't think she knows how to get out, actually. Uh, I really don't. She did terribly in New Hampshire. She got mo- the only vote she but got she has was a lot the of money behind her. What do they think they're Well, they're out? trying to hurt me because of the general election. So the Democrats are giving her money and she's playing into the game. And I think she just can't get she just can't get herself to get out. Uh, she's doing poorly in the polls. Look, if she was doing well, I'd understand it. But she's doing very poorly. She lost uh, in record numbers in Iowa, record numbers in New Hampshire. So what, why do you think she's staying in? Um, two reasons. One, all the money and people behind her are telling her to stay in. Because as Donald said, you know, you get to, uh, you have all Democratic backers. Um, the other reason is the fact that if the longer you last, the bigger your speaker fees. Yeah. Uh, after it's over, the more times, you know, more boards want you. If you get out early, people tend not to. Well, and I think she's also hanging on to the off chance that Trump, 
something happens. Well, I something. Think, I don't think she'd be elected anyway. No. Okay. Well, and here's the thing to the point about, you know, that she's being funded by Democrats. We've talked before on the show of how Democrats were actively telling people to go in, in New Hampshire to go register as Republicans so they could vote for Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we know Democrats are actively trying to help. But Politico had a story today that some 5,200 donors who had backed and donated to Biden in 2020 have now donated, are now donating to Nikki. And that's just a few, I mean, thousands of them to the tune of $500,000 plus in January. All of these, this is money coming from former Biden donors who are now giving to Nikki, right? Um, and including, this is great, one of the guys who donated $1,000 is Mike Morrell. He was the acting, former acting CIA guy who came up with the 51 intelligence operatives who said that the Hunter Biden laptop thing was phony. It's, I mean, if you're Nikki Haley, be like, no, you keep your money, right? He's donating to Nikki Haley. So this is- Well, this- she also has Americans for Prosperity, which is the Coke thing. And there are for some conservative things, to the extent it benefits their business, but they're also for- you know, trade with China with no restriction, there are for open borders and a lot of other things. Well, yeah. And I mean, think about that. So this former acting head of the CIA, who has been playing shenanigans and dirty games for years, is now donating to Nikki Haley. Now, I don't think that that's because he suddenly likes Nikki Haley's politics, right? I mean, I Compared think- Compared to Trump's, yeah. Well, I think there's an operative going. I think she is an operative. I'm not the only one. Um, this guy was on Fox News, so he's a political strategist. His name is Michael Lee. So if we could please play the Michael Lee soundbite. At this point, she's like a suicide bomber on the entire Republican Party, okay? In addition to repeating every single damn talking point uh, about Donald Trump, uh, she's only in the race to waste Donald Trump's resources and to slow him down from focusing on the general. And in addition to that, what she's doing and why she has support is she's using the Democrat get-out-the-vote operation. So she's getting independents that are actually Democrats and Democrats to switch party affiliation to vote in the Republican primary. And what this is going to do is dirty up the data for Republicans for the next two to three election cycles in every state she's running. Okay, because they're going to send door knockers, mailers, text messages, phone calls to Democrats that will never, ever vote Republican, all for the sole reason of trying to slow down Trump's run to the White House. Okay, this is damage that's going to continue on for possibly a decade that she's doing right now. So it is a a, a disaster. She has no chance or no future in the Republican Party. I actually think she might switch to becoming a Democrat. And And in terms in terms of Trump's vice presidential pick, uh, there's a 0.0 chance either Haley or uh, DeSantis will be uh, the vice president. I'd say DeSantis doesn't want to do it. If he wanted to do it, he never would have ran for president. So that, that's a pretty big impediment. I think it's going to be somebody. Well, and that's, so let's break that down. I mean, I think that's a lot to be said. Though. I mean, when he talks about what, what she's doing is she's messing up intentionally and letting the Democrats intentionally mess up the Republican voter rolls, right? I know I'm involved in, in Adams County, right? We're calling if, in our precincts and things like that, right? We're calling people, right? And you get the, the list of the registered voters um, and you call and number one, half the numbers are bad to begin with. Um, but then when you call and you realize, I mean, can you see that in here? You're going to call and you realize this person is actually even a Democrat, right? I mean, it's well, an enormous can, waste. You can sort of determine that by the fact that if the person voted 
only once on the Republican one, all the other times. But you don't get that. But when you're getting, well, the, you get that. I mean, it's it's available to you. It's available, but I mean, but all that. What I'm saying is, typically, when they hand out the list and the door knocking things, you're right. That's only as good. But you can see that. But on the other hand, you're like, well, everybody hates Joe Biden now. All I'm saying is, there 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 is a practical um, negative impact that makes it a little bit tougher for Republicans. Um, so I don't know. You know, I think that she is anymore. I think it's fair to say. I think she's just a Democrat operative. And I think she's personally just doing it. Um, and I don't know, if you're Donald Trump, do you maybe just start ignoring her? I mean, I, would. Uh, I mean, he, he doesn't seem to be running very many, if at all. He, he attacks her at places like this and just sort of says, well, I don't know why she's running. She keeps attacking him. And I think that's what the Democrats want, too. They want somebody who can be, you know, like Chris Christie was, an attack dog. That well, kind of if he was smart, he'd leave her alone, but he's not smart at Okay, now here's, and we want to get your guys' opinion on this. Who for a vice president? Okay, so now the headlines are all saying Trump drops the names of six people he wants to be the candidates, but he didn't. It was Laura Ingram dropped the names, and Trump just kind of said, you know, all good people, right? So Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, Byron Reynolds, I don't even, never heard of him, Christy Nome, and Tulsi Gabbard. Um, I agree with that guy. I don't I don't think Ron DeSantis is even number one. I don't think if you're a white guy, you've got much of a chance. Really? Right. Do you? Mm-hmm. And and I think Trump would be like, are you kidding me? After all the mean things he said, it's like, no. Um, and I don't think DeSantis wants to be vice president, really. Right. right, right. So Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, I don't think he's going to be either. I think Trump. It'd be a pretty good pick, actually. I mean, right. Know, but if you're Trump. I don't know that you could trust him. him. Right. Tim Scott. Well, yeah, but Trump went on to say at that at the town hall that Tim Scott was doing a great job. So, you know, maybe I don't think so. Byron Reynolds, he's from Florida. I don't know. Okay, I'm Christy Nome. Maybe Tulsi Gabbard. Maybe. um, She's stooking. Yeah. Corey Lewandowski. She was a very liberal record when she was at Congress in Congress. Gabbard might be an interesting choice, yeah, right? If you're Tulsi yeah. Gabbard, um, you know, I mean, she's kind, she's an independent, right? I don't think right. she's, would she have to become a Republican to run? Okay. I guess if you said you want to be vice president, you have to be a Republican and be like, all right, I guess for a little while. So that might be interesting, but uh, you know, I, I think just to watch the headlines on that, right? Because um, it, it, they're making it sound as if Trump rattled off these names and he did not. Right. This was handpicked by Laura Ingram. Um, you know, she didn't mention Ben Carson, who people are talking about uh, a lot. I'm not a big, I like Ben Carson. I don't think he'd be a great president, but. And before that, Trump, before he, the names came up, if you're listening, Trump basically said, you know, when all is said and done, historically, the vice president doesn't have, people vote for the president, right? The vice president doesn't have a whole lot to do with it. But I think um, it would be um, smart for Trump. I think the biggest thing he's probably looking for is somebody he can trust. So he doesn't have some nut job like Mike Pence, you know, sort of total traitor. Well, you know, one Trump is terrible at picking people out. He's not a good picker out from Cohen to to uh, Bill Barr. To, he just got on the list of all the people who, who he thought were going to be great and stabbed him in the back. I mean, two thirds of his yes, cabinet. Yeah, that's why I said he should make. And he doesn't seem to attract personal loyalty. He seems to attract an enormous amount of cultural or the the people generally speaking, but the people around him are not. He doesn't overwhelm them. 
So they want to be loyal. No, well, no, but but then that, that's what he needs when the thing, and this is from Leo. If Trump could calm his ego a bit, Vivek would be able to take over for the next eight years after Trump. Actually, he should pick, pick Bernie Sanders. There you go. There you Bernie go. would be. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I mean, you, you do have to fight Trump's ego, right? right. I mean, I, I think that, and you know, Leo, that's a really good point. Probably the biggest factor in who Trump Trump picks is going to be his ego. Right. Unfortunately, and he's obviously the kind of person, if you've ever known narcissistic personality ones, where you can't really work for Trump. Um, you can't work with Trump. You can work for Trump, and then and then he kind of berates you and everything. But no, he doesn't like to work with people very much. No. So I don't know. I mean, people, I, I keep hearing Ben Carson being floated around. I, I don't know that he's going to do very much for Trump, do you think? I mean, who knows? Who knows? We don't know. And if I'm Trump, I delay that as long as possible, right? Because number one, it kind of keeps everybody interested. Number two, as he says, it doesn't particularly help him, right? I mean, my guess would be it's not going to end up being a white guy, right? My guess would be- Well, who else would you put in the in, in the hopper? You know, I, Tulsi Gabbard. She's already in. No, I, I know. That's what I was saying. I mean, I think she's pretty good. Um you know, a Carrie Lake, but I, but I don't know. I think Carrie Lake, I, I think that's where Trump's ego would get in the way, right? I don't think Trump no, but, wants but a she, Carrie Lake. She's got a, a great chance to be a, a senator, senator and you could keep her and, there. And, you know, taking the Senate is really important. Right. So, you know, I think Josh Hawley would be great, but the same thing, you know, you don't want to take him from the Senate. Right, right. Um, some, you know, the House, you know, for a safe district like Mike, Mark Getz. Matt Gates. Gates. Matt Gates, I think would be, huh? would be great. Um yeah, but he has. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I think that Trump, though, will. Well, obviously, he has to do it by the convention, but I think he's going to delay it as long as possible, just because, number again, it kind of keeps it up there. Um, and, and somebody said, you know, Laura Ingram asked him and said, well, Nikki Haley said she wasn't interested in being vice president. And Trump's like, uh, yeah, I made that decision like a while ago. <laughs> She's not going to be there. So that's that. Want to jump around now. And Jacob, this is the alert for Jacob, because Jacob sent me an email about this. So if, if, I don't know if you've Notice, but the city of or have heard the city of Denver Mayor Mike Johnson has um, is cutting city services significantly cutting city services starting this week to pay for illegal immigration to pay for illegal immigrants. The city is running out of money, and so rather than tell like Colorado Springs does, here's a, an aside. So the the actually the the Denver Gazette had a good story on this today, or the Colorado Sun rather, the Colorado Sun in Colorado Springs. What they do is they actually ticket homeless people who are camping illegally and, and doing all that stuff, right? And they and they ticket them and then they put that, they say, here's your shelter. We'll take you to the shelter. And if they don't want to go to the shelter, they're like, well, then you have to go to Denver, go back to Denver, right? And they interviewed all these homeless people who were like, yeah, we're leaving here. They're not very hospitable here. It's like, and guess what? I mean, they'd handed out like 1,800 tickets or some huge number. In Denver, they'd handed out like 14, right? And guess where they have the bigger illegal immigrant homeless problem? Denver, go figure, right? Um, so actually enforcing the law works, but Mayor Johnson not going to do that. I mean, how long do you think the illegal immigrants would stay in Denver? How many, how often do you think they would come to Denver if they knew they were going to be ticketed and get out and not given money, right? And well, housing and all that. Well, they're giving them two weeks worth of housing, which is, you know, for 40,000 people, that's not going to work. Well, uh, so they're, they're going to be, if you think Denver is 
crowded now. I mean, well, it's insane. Homeless and- so the city, rather than saying, you know, we need to take care of our citizens, they're like, nope, we're a sanctuary city. Um, and so we're going to take care of the illegal immigrants. And they're, they're cutting services. They're cutting, um, they're closing for a, a week, either a day at a time or a week at a time. Mm-hmm. For a week at a time, various uh, motor vehicle department places. So that'll be more fun, right? That'll be more fun if you've got to, you If you've been waiting, you know. Four hours. Now it'll be yeah. eight hours or more. It's not going to be in your neighborhood. You're going to have to figure out, and then you're going to, have to figure out well, which one's closed, which one isn't closed. They're closing rec centers, right? Starting this weekend, they're going to be closing rec centers. So think about that. If you're a family, I know we use Rev up here in Westminster. Mm-hmm. He and his friends go to the rec center all the time. They play basketball. They go swimming. They got climbing walls, right? I mean, it's a great way way for kid, and it's free. Well, they weren't intended. To be, well, it's free because I'm a member, but um, it's it's. Uh, you know, they, they didn't build these places as homeless shelters. No, they really didn't. No. Uh, and, and the other things, you know, they cut out well, any flowers around the around the uh, city. And so, you know, I mean. Oh, Denver, Parks and Rec is getting decimated, right? Yeah, it, it's going to be. And don't even think about using your gas lawnmower, by the way. Just going to, you know, the how fast the city is getting uglier and uglier and uglier. First under Hancock and now. Uh, well, at least the developers kind of care. Right. I mean, the thing is, now that Denver's been developed out the wazoo and there's there's no money because of the Biden economy for these big developments. It's only the ones that are in the tank. The developers, I think, before used to at least keep Hancock in check and would say, I mean, because it's not a coincidence, guys, that you don't have homeless camps in Cherry Creek North. Right. It's like, you know, the Waldorf Astoria Hotel is like, look, that's where we're going to be. We can't have. I mean, but they're they're in places where the city lets them be. Um, And. I have a friend, I had lunch with a friend yesterday, and she was saying her, she has another friend who has a daughter, single mom with kids, works for the city park and rec department, right? Mm-hmm. They're cu- they're just arbitrarily cutting 10 hours a week out of her salary, right? Certainly. Um, yeah, I, I think almost every week. Well, I guess maybe a month. Yeah, so so she has, to, so they're furloughing her, basically, and they're cutting her pay. So it's not even just that these services aren't available to the people. I mean, they're doing it to get the money, well, right? The, so on the, the employee are not getting the money either. So I think the point of the editorial, which is a bit... No, the Denver Post did an editorial. They've been saying this is a well, bad that's idea. What I mean, but they're saying, you know, how if you want to get people really riled up about, you know, what are we doing with this immigration thing? Just cut cut things like like parks and rec, cut yeah. you know, motor vehicles, cut some of these other ones. And so it's going to be, you know, it'll come to a more, it'll be, come to a head faster, though. I have no, they have no plan for this. You know. No, they don't. Well, here and Jacob, and so Jacob will bring you in now. You sent me a great. This is a great catch, not a catch, but research by you on when um, Denver passed the law to make it a sanctuary city. So why don't you go ahead and, and fill us in about that? Well, well basically, it, it didn't allow the police or the sheriff's departments if the if the if the bad guy was in jail and he's getting out of jail, the, the police and the sheriff's department are not allowed to. Uh, contact uh, ICE, or if they do, then they're subject to dismissal. Right. And uh, that was that's the definition of a sanctuary city. So when he goes around, when Johnson goes around and says, well, we're not really a sanctuary city, or when Michael Hancock went around and said, we're not really a sanctuary city, you've defined it, you've codified it, and you've made it law. Right. So you can't get out of it. And then, and then you, have, you have this guy, uh, what's his name, Flynn? Kevin Flynn. And, uh, and yeah, and he's also said, we're not a sanctuary. So we're not. And he voted for this. He <laughs> voted that the, 
And uh, I know it's in that email that I sent. But the one thing that really bothers me is I just made a, a payment to the city for taxes for February for two thousand. What was it? Two thousand dollars or something. I'm paying what happened last year, but I'm also paying the general fund, which uh, funds the rec centers, which they're going to close. So where's my money going to go? Right. Well, let's go to the immigrants. Yeah. I didn't authorize that. I authorized the rec centers. Right. Oh, you're right. The vote. Yes. The, the, uh, the mill levy increases and things like that. Well, That's yeah, right. you know, and you know, it, the, once again here, and this is what worries me a little bit with the election coming up is the Democrats don't care. Right. They don't care. They don't care that they're making you mad. They don't care that people are like, wait a minute. They don't care that they're making their employees mad. And that concerns me because I just wonder how many of these illegal immigrants, because they now have all their names and stuff, are, are going to vote. Right. They've all probably listed an address. So it's all going to be these ballots are going to be mailed. Right. Um, I just I worry about that. Right. And because I think yeah. to me, I think that's their trade off because you're like, why are they doing that? Why are they, you know, you know, you know, risking annoying so many people and, and making so many people angry? And that's because they get enough votes in exchange, I think. So we don't matter. Anymore. Well, back back in the 50s, I, I pulled a, uh, an old deed the other day and uh, they bought the lady bought the house back in 1957. And in the deed, there was they used to use stamps to pay for the doxy. And part of the doxy was the Moffat Tunnel, the Moffat Tunnel, um, Moffat Tunnel uh, Waterway, whatever it is in liquid. And that was voted in only by property owners. Today, oh. everybody can vote it in. If you're a renter uh, or, you know, uh, you know, or somebody that's going to come through for like 90 days in Denver, you can vote for that. But back then, only property owners could pay for tax increases or bond, bond issues. Thank you. Right. No, it makes a big difference. All right. Hey, Jacob, thank you. I appreciate you. Kind of okay. right, bye-bye. Right. And here's, this is from Leo, becoming a sanctuary city. Was that a public vote of the city council? That was a city council vote. I'm How does sure. that? Uh, uh, I, think, I think it had the support of people. It, I think originally it was done under uh, early 90s. Um, what was the black mayor back then? God. Wellington Webb. Wellington Webb declared the city to be a sanctuary city, um, but it wasn't really codified. And then when they had... Um, Hancock and said, "Yeah, sure, we're a sanctuary city. You betcha." Um, and so, well, know, the definition, as Jacob explained, that the, the, they codified it in terms of so if I'm arrested for selling drugs or kidnapping or murder or anything, right? Probably not murder. Um, that if I was found, to, they used to be able to ask you, right, where are you from, right? And if they, and then, and they would give a list of the names to ICE. We had right. Todd Watkins explain it. And ICE would run it through and ICE would say, oh, okay, well, we know this person is a previously deported alien, right? How many stories are we hearing now about people who've been deported five, six times and then kill somebody in a car accident, right? Um, and then ICE would come pick them up. They would either pick them up when they got out of jail or if the city wasn't going to do anything with them, they would pick them up and they put them on an ICE detainer and then they would deport them. I mean, there used to be buses. I mean, I did a story on it. We followed the buses from Denver to the border, right? And they, now of course they all came right back across the border, but at least they deported them. And what they did is, by, as Jacob was explaining, they codified it and said that you could be fired if you're a police officer or a sheriff's deputy and you alert ICE. So there's no communication 
with ice anymore. And, you know, so well, what's going to happen when you have 38, 40,000 and more coming in every day of primarily, not exclusively, but uh, primarily of military age males, you know, the, your, your crime is going to skyrocket. I don't care how many jobs you, and especially if they're unemployed, then it's really good. And so, you know, the, the sky, the, the crime rates in Denver are just going to skyrocket. Well, they already are. Denver has oh, more no. bank yeah. robberies than, now, now oh, goodness, it's, okay. It's, it's going to really increase. They got to put a lid on it and make sure the Denver Post and all that never talk about it. Right, that's right. Well, and that leads into something else I kind of wanted to talk about, too. And th- again, and th- the city is destroying itself. So there's been a story out this week, a restaurant in Lodo that's been around for eight years, Elvenita, I think it's called, um, closed this week, right? And somebody was complaining on Yelp that, oh, well, what about my reservation? You know, I'm, you're canceling my reservation. And the restaurant owner clapped back with this. All of you idiots running the city can do, all you idiots running the city can do is raise the minimum wage to eighteen twenty nine an hour now. Just kills ruining HF. small business or running small businesses out of business. All you idiots running the city can do is raise the minimum wage, running small businesses out of business. Don't cry. Then he says, cry me a river about your reservations. I mean, he, he was saying we, we tried. We survived the pandemic. Right. But he said because the downtown Denver area is so destroyed with the homeless camps, with the crime and the panhandling, it's not nice panhandling. Right. It's aggressive panhandling. Nice. And it's it's well, I mean, sometimes it, it, these are not the people just kind of, I shouldn't say nice panhandling. Right. But these aren't people who are just kind of sitting there with a the sign please help. Anything helps. Thank you. Right. Kind of thing. These are people because I've seen it happen. I've had it happen to me who they approach you and they ask you for money. Right. They demand money from you. And it's like, so if you're just like a woman walking down the street and all of a sudden you've got several of these guys approach you and ask you for money, you know, so who goes there anymore? No one goes there anymore. And this restaurant owner said between that and then the city of Denver raised the minimum wage to eighteen twenty nine an hour. It, well, it, exactly right. It kills restaurants. It kills anybody, really. I mean, maybe not Google, but they're already firing people anyway. I mean, you know, we have friends who are in the entertainment business, who are in the restaurant business, and they're like. And the Democrats don't care because it's not like they're like, okay, because we're making so much more money now, right? right? Because Denver's such a great place and everyone comes downtown. We're happy to give all of our employees this kind of raise. No, what they do is they they don't they fire them. They get rid of them, right? And so they have and it's just a mess. And they, he was saying, he went on to, to say in there that you know, the city has destroyed my business. And he said, I, you know, I had eight years invested here. You know, we tried through the pandemic, but the city in the meantime has become such a piece of crap city with all the crime, with the homelessness. He said, we have less than half of the foot traffic in the Lodo. He said, not just at our restaurant, but in Lodo that they had before the pandemic. And it's because of the crime and nobody wants to go to downtown Denver anymore. Then on top of that, he said they raised the minimum wage. And he's like, I just, I can't afford it. So, you know, screw you, Denver, basically, is you what he said. You that just at a poll came out of Biden's approval numbers in every state. Um, and Denver's was 33.8. Now, you cannot win a state normally if you've got a 33.8 approval rating. I mean, yeah. it's almost impossible um, except everybody assumes that they will because the Democrats will cheat and they'll ballot it. You know, they'll make it legal uh, and they'll do the illegal part also. Uh, but 33.8, you kind of go, you know, you think Trump is going, hey, 
<laughs> you and I've got above that there. I mean, and this, and this is from Thomas speaking of the minimum wage. Representative Barbara Lee was a senator. Was she in California that wanted to raise the federal minimum wage to fifty dollars? I mean, can you imagine that? It's like it's one thing to talk about that during a booming economy, right? But it's another thing to talk about in, in a bust economy with inflation running rampant. Because here's the thing. Who do they think that $50 gets passed on to? It gets passed on to, you know, their, their theory doesn't work anymore. You have too many big corporations, the theory that, okay, well, I'll pay you more, so then you'll buy more, so then more people will come in, so I can pay me. I mean, that doesn't work in today's economy anymore. So I don't think it necessarily really ever worked, right? But anyway, so that's what's going on in Denver. And there is, if you haven't, if you guys are on Twitter there's a, a, I read about this in Westward. It's a, and we'll talk more about this on Friday. It's a Twitter account and an Instagram account. And it's um, um, at do better Denver. And it's do better DNVR, not Denver spelled out. And this is apparently, it's an, it's anonymous. And it's um, a group of people, a couple of people who go I'm around. Really annoying city hall, Johnson oh, administration, anybody else. Right. They go around and they're documenting the homeless camps. Right. So when, and they, now they're getting alerts for citizens, right. They had one at Southmore park, kind of there off of Hamden, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, um, and, and so they went there and sure enough, there were all these tents and stuff propping up and, and people, and I don't know what's going on with that. And they're saying, why are people, they're threatening to kill them. It's like, why would people be angry uh, angry enough to say we're going to kill you for showing the homeless camps, right? And the crime and stuff like that. Why would they not? I mean, I got, I got to think that's there's money involved somewhere, right? All these people are making money from the homeless thing and the illegal immigration the thing. Right, right. But it's and we'll do more about that because their videos are great. If you haven't seen it, it's Do Better Denver we'll have to DNVR. Get a little, have to get a sample of yeah we'll show you a sample and it's just it's it's crazy um and but that ties into somebody is fired in the city of denver hopefully she's maybe being furloughed so she doesn't know so over the weekend uh, some city employee in the communications department put up on twitter um it was a pretty shot of denver it's like what kinds of things do you guys like to do on a cool night in denver a cool friday night in denver oh my god the comments on that were like oh we like to go downtown and get murdered by all the illegal immigrants it's like my family and i love to walk by the ballpark and be accosted by you know by aggressive panhandlers um and smell step over the poop and the needles and smell the marijuana in the air i mean all of the comments I don't think there was a single nice one, right? And it was kind of like, how tone deaf are you as a city that that you you don't even see this, right? That you would be. I mean, my guess is she doesn't live anywhere in Denver, um, right? Yeah. I, I mean, well, the, whoever the city employee was, but it's kind of like if you haven't noticed, it's like Denver's going to you know hell in a handbag, really. So we'll, well, we had we had twelve years of Hancock, and now we're really accelerating under Johnson. And Johnson looks like the perfect kind of. Uh, pictorial mayor, you know, but he instead, but he is, he is kind of pissed off just about everybody. Oh, well, I mean, you know, and then think of the Denver schools as another problem. One of them, I think it was the chalk beat Colorado people or some, maybe it was Denverite, Denverite did a glowing story about all the schools in Denver that have now had to turn into, they're not even bilingual, right? You can only go to them if the only language you speak is Spanish and they don't even try to teach the kids English. And they're talking about how they, how they have all these like illegal immigrant kids now who are going to school there. I mean, how long do you think those teachers are going to stick around? I mean, can you imagine the transit transitory nature of that, right? These are kids who, I mean, it's, it's good that they're providing them someplace to go and they're giving them some learning, but that's, that's not sustainable in a school district, right? You can't. It could be. 
Well, if you keep having that many people come in, but I mean, if you're a teacher, I mean, you can't have, how could you have a lesson plan? And think about that, what that does to the kids who are U.S. citizens who live in that neighborhood, who want to try to go to school there, right? All of a sudden, you can't go to your own neighborhood school. They don't. Well, they just want to kick them out, right? I mean, I I don't know. I, I mean, it's just Denver is, and again, the only thing I can think of is, is that um, he doesn't care. Right. He no, he I, I think he has a progressive mindset and, and that kind of paints whatever you think. I mean, you know, he right, did, veto, did veto the, the uh, things and you couldn't take uh, homeless uh, and camp and then kick him out, uh, do a sweep if it's below 32. And he said, you can't do that because you got to try to take them to places that are warm and stuff. So, I mean, he's. He's doing a shitty, he's doing the best shitty job he can do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I never thought I'd say this, but I wish that the developers were back in charge of Denver, you know, rather than the progressives. <laughs> and one other thing I wanted to talk about, if you haven't seen the Tucker Carlson, Mike Benz interview, at least you should on Twitter um, and Tucker Carlson show, you should, you should, um, Check it out because Mike Benz, I read the reviews of it and the, the reports on it. Mike Benz does a great job of talking about, and we've talked about it on our show, starting with Arab Spring, the CIA, the FBI, the Pentagon, the all of these cyber agencies and information, you know, sort of the censorship industrial complex, all kind of came together there initially to influence elections in other countries. And then when Trump became gaining power, realized, okay, well, we could just turn this on our own citizens, right? And that's how they got, that's why you have all these CIA agents and FBI agents and military people working at Facebook and Twitter and things like that. They got in, and and as we saw with the Twitter files, they started demanding that the social media um, companies basically run um, PSYOPs, basically. Well, you know, and and Sundance, once again, said, you know, this has been going on for a while. Um, and that the, the business models of places um, like um, Facebook or Twitter make no sense um, unless the government is building these facilities for them with all the capacity um, and paying. And propping up the infrastructure, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yes. And so so keep that in mind. And then Mike Benz was saying, goes, if I've taught you nothing, so you've heard the hullabaloo of the FBI informant who came forward and identified Joe Biden as the big guy. By the way, before that had ever become public, right? He's referring to him as the big guy. All of a sudden now, so he's one of the main witnesses in the congressional hearings um, regarding the impeachment and the bereavement and all of that mm-hmm. stuff, right? Um, suddenly, the FBI, years later, they've had him as a secret informant for years, um, suddenly discovered he's lied to them. Lied to the FBI. Lied to the FBI, and now they've indicted him. It's like, well, there's a coincidence. It's like, I mean, first of all, should that be shocking to anybody, right? I mean, they're clearly saying he's an informant so they can discredit him. But what Ben's pointed out is they are saying that he was he was a Russian agent, right? And so there was a guy on with Anderson Cooper saying that basically the Russians are using the entire House Republican Party to try to influence the election. Well, there you go. Now, well, and he said, here's why they're doing that. He says, keep in mind, he said, anytime they do that, yes, they want to discredit this. Yes, they want to discredit that. But he said, this is always, whenever they start talking about Russia being an influence, it's not just another Russia con job, but he said, that is a formal predicate for the CIA, FBI, State Department, Pentagon, et cetera, to go after basically 
all of the congressional members citing a counterintelligence operation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they did to Trump, right? They made up the Russia stuff. Then they used the made up Russia stuff to launch surveillance and counterattacks and counterintelligence investigations into Trump. And he said, so that's what's going on there. He said, this is, they're not, but on one hand, yes, they're saying it to, to, to sort of, you know, say, see this guy, he was just a Soviet spy. So he was just making that up about Joe Biden even though he was saying stuff about Joe Biden that hadn't yet been made public, right? And, well, he said he got information from the Russian intel uh, agencies. Right. Uh, but but it's going to be, I mean, the FBI has been fully politicized. He'll go out and arrest anybody the administration wants to have arrested. Um, and it's going to be more and more and more. I mean, you know, they just wetted their beak on the January 6th debacle. Right. Well, and they learned from Trump. And and again, now now they can open an investigation. They can get FISA warrants. They can, and he said, that's why they do that. He said, it's a predicate. So they can now open a counterintelligence investigation. And remember, we had one of our guests on, was it Colonel John Mills, where he explained sort of the silos when he said, it's a nor- when it's a normal law enforcement investigation, they go after sort of known evidence, right? The evidence is there, they investigate it, and then they follow the evidence back. And, 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 it's, and, and either the evidence proves it or it doesn't prove it at some point there's a trial or they or they, they drop it or they taint it and, and well the no, person but, is convicted well but but i mean the, the point is in, in that sort of a linear investigation like that you know there's evidence you follow it it either clears you or convicts you right. and one way or other it comes to an end um n- maybe not always fairly but in a counterintelligence investigation he says it's completely circular the counterintelligence investigation starts out by looking for evidence right so we now have this guy saying well the russians this guy was a russian informant the russians are using the entire house republican all the house republicans right so now they can open up counterintelligence investigations against them. They don't have to have any evidence. They open the investigation to look for the evidence. Mm -hmm. Then once they find something or don't find something, they say, well, we must look harder because it must be there. Or then it says, well, you know, this, you know, representative is talking to this guy. So now we're going to open the investigation here. And he says, it's entirely, Mills is explaining it's, it's evil. It's just entirely circular, never ends, Mm -hmm. right? Never, never ends. So you're under investigation forever. This guy, they will never let him talk now because he's under investigation forever. The investigation never ends. And he said, that's, why they do it basically. So that I thought that hadn't occurred to me, right? At first I'm like, I don't for a second believe that the FBI just discovered that this informant, I mean, I, I don't have a hard time believing the FBI is, FBI is incompetent and they right. didn't discover this till now, but it's just, is that a coincidence? It's like, no, it's like, we're going to indict him. And so now how likely do you think he is going to go to testify again? Right. Or if you're thinking of being a whistleblower, right. right. And saying, Hey, I was an FBI informant too. And let me tell you what I know. It's like, Oh, we're going to indict you now too. Right. And you yeah. can go share a cell with those January six guys. It's, um, not good, uh, you know. No, it's not good, and there's not much we can do about it either. There is stuff we can do about it. What, well, that? one resist, um, and uh, you know, and we'll have to talk about the conservative treehouse and some of the stuff they're doing. I think it starts by shining a light on it. That's always the best part. I think you do things by shows like this, and all of you guys that listen, where you know you realize, okay, hey, I'm not the only one that thinks that because that's what they want to do. They want to like an abusive partner, right? They want to keep you isolated and make you think that you're the crazy one. So that helps. But I think it's it's coming to a point where it may have to be stuff like the farmers in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. Where you get together and you're where you actually do resist. You know what I mean? And and because I think they're they're not particularly worried about the light being shined anymore. 
Um, oh, and yeah, Leo says, and they can't find the White House Coke person. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Or the person who leaked uh, the uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade. <laughs> oh, yeah, they can't figure that out either. That's like, oh, well, oh, oh well. Too oh, tough. Too, it's too, too difficult. Too tough, too tough. No reasonable prosecutor would make a case. <laughs> Hey, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. We'll wrap it up a little bit early. Um, but on Friday, we're going to have Representative Bradley. We'll show you more about this Do Better Denver. It's a, these Yeah, we'll give you some examples, a little video and so forth. But it's it really is, and it is pissing off the Johnson administration and everything else. Because, well, you know, most people have heard that downtown and other places are not very nice. Uh, but now, if you don't go down there on a regular basis, now you'll get to see it. And they just go all around the city. They get people giving them tips. And- right. No, they're doing a great job. You know, and, and Kyle Clark keeps attacking them. And it's kind of like, and everybody, the comments are like, hey, screw you, Kyle Clark. You know, you haven't had your car broken into. So that'll do it to us. Thank you to the guys at BBS. Thank you an investigation on Carl Clark. Yeah, really. Thank you to everybody on Zoom, all the shows at ChuckandJulie.com. And we will see you on Party Friday. All right. Take care, everyone.